Welcome to the Young Adult Podcast, where we will be engaging in weekly conversations around the amazing, tough, fun, weird, but extremely important and defining season of your 20s, all while bringing you more of a biblical perspective. Our goal is to dive deeper into conversations that push you, challenge you, and hopefully inspire you to begin to walk in the fullness of who God created you to be, which we believe will make you the most effective for the kingdom of God. Let's jump into this week's episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Young Adult Podcast. My name is Connor, and I'm one of the Young Adult Pastors here at Red Rocks Church. Joining me in the studio, as always, ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Matrone. What's up, everybody? How we doing? We got a new sound effects on our board. I was going to say, we have a live studio audience today. Yeah, so every time I say something funny, (laughs) every time Connor says something... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. That'll be the last of that, sorry. Oh, guys, welcome to the podcast. Andrew, how's life? How's it been? Life is good, man. Uh, Our family is happy and healthy, and God's just been doing some really, really cool stuff. I feel like this season has been difficult in so many ways, but I feel like God has just continued to be faithful. And, man, something about just seeing my kids grow up. This has been a, a tough time, but being able to have so many hours with my children has been amazing. Now I think me and my son are going to fight half the time, but uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun, man. Really, yeah. Really fun season. I feel that. Being able to be with Ezra, um, it's just awesome. Yeah. We talk about it. Aaron and I talk about it all the time. As weird as this season is, we'll never be able to probably stay at home with our kid her whole her whole life. Yeah. You know, as far as this uh, now, so... NBA is back, so you're happy. NBA is back. MPJ is just... He put on a show the other night, yeah. man. He's a he's a Red Rocks church attendee, um, friend of Sean's, friends of the church, and yeah. man, he's showing out for the Nuggets. So I'm so glad basketball's back. I think I've watched almost every single game. Yeah, me too. And Aaron is hating me for it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But guys, uh, we're so excited for today for the podcast because we are actually doing our very first Q&A YA podcast. Yeah. So we started this podcast because we thought it could give us the opportunity to maybe dive into some topics and conversations that we just might not be able to like fit into a traditional right. Thursday night sermon series. And so one of the things we've really been wanting to do is simply do a podcast where we answer your specific questions. And so if you follow us on social media, you would see that we posted an opportunity for you to ask us a question that you would like answered on the podcast. What was on your mind? What was on your heart? Mm -hmm. What would you like us to talk about? And so today we are simply doing that. We are taking the questions that you sent in either from email or on our social media. We are going to do our very best to cover as many as we can and to answer them. And so in saying that, you guys sent in a lot of questions. And so we will not be able to get to every single one of them today. However, if you like this format, if you like this style of podcast, we're hoping that we can do this every few weeks, every few months, um, whatever, and and gather your questions and, and give you specific answers on those. And so be sure to engage in our social media, send in a question. Um, if there's ever anything you'd like covered on the podcast, let us know and uh, we'll do our best to get to that. And so enough about all that. We're going to dive into our very first question. Andrew, I want to ask you this. We had one of our YA family members send this in. They said, is dating just for fun a bad thing? Is Mm. going out on dates for fun 
a bad thing to do? Yeah, and I think that's a, a valid question because, you know, if you're listening to this and you're 18, 19, 20 years old, you're like, I'm not looking for for marriage. And so I, I think it's a valid question for, for somebody to ask. And so is dating for fun bad? Not necessarily. Um, but I think... I think you still need to have very clear vision and boundaries around that. Um, like, are they still a believer? Does this person, are they still someone who who fits what I feel like I, I'm, I'm looking for and the kind of person that God would want to be in my life? Don't just date to date because you're trying to fill some relational void either. Yeah. And I think that we say, I'm just dating for fun, but the reality is that we're, we're dating because we feel alone and we want to have that combat uh, compatibility. Right. And, yeah. and so is dating for, for fun, bad. If someone asks you on a date, great, you can go to dinner, whatever. But I think you still have to have very, very clear boundaries and very clear vision. Cause if you don't, you're going to find yourself with someone who you don't belong with. And that relationship is going to maybe go, further than you ever thought that it was it was going to go and not in the direction that you had planned for yourself or God had planned for yourself. So I'm not going to sit up here and say that dating for fun is, is bad or is wrong or you're a bad person for doing that. But I still think that you have to have a lot of vision before you do that because visionless dating is extremely dangerous and you're going to find yourself with somebody in a place where you just don't want to be. Yeah, I think Christians, we we have kind of one of two things. There's a lot of times where Christians like refuse to date because um, they're dating Jesus in this season. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, there's Christians that date around all the time. And I think like what you said, dating for fun is, is totally great, but you still need to have standards because you never know. You might mess around and catch some feelings. You right. Know? And what do you do then? Yeah. So, <laughs> Absolutely. No, that's, yeah. That's true. Um, kind of on the same line, we had somebody uh, email us in this question. They said this. They said, all of my friends want me to go on dating apps, but my impression of them is that they're for people that aren't necessarily looking for anything serious, but just kind of want to have a quote unquote good time. I'll let mm. you decipher what that means. <laughs> Am I wrong? And should I give dating apps a try? It's a real question. Yeah. That, that's a tough question. I think people are battling through because me, me and you, we didn't. When we're we just missed that, yeah, yeah, we just we're just kind of that. outside of that. So we really yeah. haven't been in the realm of of online dating or dating apps. And I'm not gonna lie when I say, thank God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. No, I remember like right when I moved out here, I was in my early to mid twenties, and that was just kind of becoming a thing. Mm-hmm. And the stereotype around that was was really like big. Like, oh, you ju- you just get online because you can't find somebody in person. There's something right. wrong with you, whatever. But I think to answer this question, um, should you go on a dating app? Should you give it a try? I would say it really is what's your intention behind it? Are you looking for something serious or are you just trying to have a good time? Because in my opinion, and there are some people maybe even sitting in this room that might disagree, I don't think that there is anything wrong with dating apps at all. I think technology, the internet, um, any anything in your hands, as far as technology goes, is totally neutral. What makes it good or bad is how you decide mm-hmm. to use it. And right. so, I mean, I, the first thing that comes to mind is this, for this example, the Bible is an app now. The Bible's online. And, and just because the Bible's online, does it make it any less the Bible? Mm-hmm. 
I don't think so. And so I think that people, when, when they're asking this question, is it bad for me to try online dating? I think it's because there's this self-consciousness or this this thought that they might be judged because there used to be a stigma around online relationships. But that's our world now. Mm -hmm. Like I would say at minimum, 90% of our world is based kind of online. And so for me personally, I don't think there's anything wrong at all to connecting with somebody on a dating level, finding somebody through that outlet. Right, because the reality is you could meet somebody at church at young adults um, and still have a really ungodly relationship. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and I think it's all all within what intentions that you're you're bringing to the table. And I I, I would say with it though, um, it does seem like the stigma around it is there's a lot there is a negative connotation, and I think rightfully so because I would say the bulk of people probably use these apps to fill some kind of relational void or for some kind of hookup, yeah. whatever it might be, or hire somebody for a, to go to a wedding with you or whatever it might be. But, <laughs> um, you know, I, I think that you, you have to have a lot of wisdom with it, just like you have wisdom when you're meeting anybody else. And you have to have a lot of discernment. And so if when you pray to God about your relationship, because you should, you're not weird if you pray to God about your relationship, if you feel that the Holy Spirit, that you feel okay about that, then I, I think that that's okay. But have a lot of wisdom and discernment and maybe just don't meet some random stranger at a random place. Like maybe invite that friend to, to join a group and let people see them and know them and get to know them. Um, so I, I think I think have a lot of wisdom and discernment with it and have some vision with it, just yeah. like we would preach to you from stage of do that even if you meet somebody at church. Yeah, if— if you're looking for a real relationship out of it, treat it like a real relationship. Yeah. Have standards, have boundaries, invite your friends into that. And at least in my opinion, I think it's um, awesome, like a great opportunity to meet some amazing people you might not know were yeah. around. Yeah. So Shifting gears a little bit, uh, we had somebody from our YA family send this question in. Um, how do you know if God is calling you or guiding you in a certain direction. How, I guess, do you discern God's guidance, um, God's leading uh, in a certain direction of life? Yeah, it's a really great question. And if someone has the full answer to that, I would love to to know that. But I, I think that we have a lot of people who are asking that question of how, how do I discern God's voice versus uh, maybe just like my, my conscience or, or what I'm seeing or other things that I'm hearing? How do I really discern if God is calling me into something, and the reality is, is that sometimes you won't know un- until you um, you test it, until yeah. you begin to to walk in it. And, and I'll say this: that we have this thought of, I think, God's plan for our lives and what it's going to look like, but it's never going to look like how we thought that it was going to look. And I think that we have to, we always just have to begin to take a step in in that direction, and how do I know if God is calling me or guiding me? What do you feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking to you? And and you have to allow yourself to step outside of all your emotions and all the things, especially like in this season right now, we're, we're so emotionally driven where it's kind of hard for us to step outside of it. But we have to step outside of our emotions. And, and what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you in this season? What's he been speaking to you for a while? Um Maybe you got fired up in like 20 minutes about something, but what's been like a consistent voice? Because I feel like when 
when God is calling you to something, he continues to bring it up. He continues to show it, whether in relationships, whether in the word of God, and he he affirms it over and over and over again. So what, what's been like a consistent feeling and tug on your heart from the Holy Spirit? And then I think you have to begin to to test that and to take steps towards that. So what, you're sitting here, you're like, man, I don't know if God's calling me this, to this. Uh, well, what's been the consistent voice that you've been feeling that God's been speaking over you? Yeah, Jesus says that my sheep know my voice and a voice of a stranger they won't follow. And so if you want to decipher what God's guiding you or calling you to in a direction, maybe take a take a little bit of the focus off the situation mm-hmm. and a little bit more focus on getting to know Jesus's voice more. Because yeah. the more you're familiar with God's voice, the more you'll be able to discern what he's asking you to do. Right. We we want to go to everything and everybody else for the answer. We want to go to Google like legit of like what, what should I do? What in this should situation? I do in this situation? Yeah. And it's it's real. I, I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've probably done it in this season, but I, I think that we have to go to the source um, of the Word of God, but also trust the the wisdom and the sermon that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Yeah, that's good. Um, piggybacking off that, oh, somebody who follows us on Instagram sent us this. They said, "What do I do when I know God's calling me to something, but I don't really have any idea what the next step is? So I, I've kind of discerned that God's calling me mm-hmm. towards something, but I don't really know." what the next logical step is to follow after that. Yeah, well, we were talking earlier, and you had a really great thought about uh, the relationship between God and Abram in, in Genesis. Yeah, so we were kind of talking, and and the idea came up of when, when God takes Abram, I, I'm not even sure he's Abraham yet, mm-hmm. um, he, he pulls him outside of his tent. It was a really starry night. He's like, look at the stars in the sky. I'm going to make you have this many descendants, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a land. Um, and Abraham, Abram is like, awesome, sweet. And God's like, okay, um, follow me into the land that I'll lead you to. And it wasn't like, okay, here's the land. Um, now go to it. Mm-hmm. He said, follow me, and basically I'll, 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 I'll take you there. And mm-hmm. I think as Christians, um, we say, God, show me and I'll follow you. Mm-hmm. God says, follow me and I'll show you. Wow. And so I think that... Um, Man, if, if you don't know what your next step is, I've, I've got two thoughts on this, and I'll be quick. Um, follow Jesus. Follow God the best that you know how. Work on following God more than trying to figure out your situation. Mm-hmm. And then my grandparents, I can't remember which one, but they always told me this. If you don't know what to do, if you don't know where God's calling you or leading you in a situation— go back to the last thing you know God told you to do mm-hmm. and do that with all your heart to the best of your ability. Mm. And when you're faithful, what God's asked you to do before, he'll make clear, crystal clear what you need to do next. And wow. so um, that— Yeah, because it's, it's like it's a thought of like, God, I, I want this, but God's like, yeah, but I, I told you to do this. Yeah, I've given you this. <laughs> yeah, right and so God's like, yeah, but I, I've given you opportunity to forgive, to get healing, yeah. or to, to work through that addiction because the thing that— that you want, and I actually desire for you as well, it will destroy you if you don't first um, be obedient to the thing that I called you to before. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's so good. And I think that so oftentimes the future of like where we want God to call us can almost be a distraction. Mm-hmm. And listen, God loves you. God wants you to take that next step. 
but he wants you to do it at the right time in the right place. Like uh, one thing that I've heard that's always challenged me is you might be the right person at the wrong time, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and my prayer is kind of, God, don't make me just the right person. I want to be the right person at the right time at the right place to step into your blessing. And so if you don't know what your next step is, focus on following Jesus and just look back to the last thing he told you to do and do that with all your heart. Mm -hmm. And when the time's right, um, I, I believe he'll he'll make it clear. Yeah, because God God's go. a God of, of process, and so you you say yes, and and we've heard this before that God's on the other side of your yes. So you say yes, you begin to walk through the door, and then and then He kind of takes you on a new journey, and then you say yes, and then He opens up the new you know. And so I think that a lot of us we just want this guaranteed stamp on the box, and there's no guarantee when it comes to, to following Jesus. But we like, I want steps three, four, and five. God's like, but I want you to take steps one and two. Yeah. Like, well, what are steps one and two? Well, back to that first question. Like, what do you feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and has been speaking to you consistently? And, and what are the things that you said that um, God has already asked you to do that maybe you you haven't been obedient? And yeah. so you, you're, you're missing it right now. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, We want to get to as many of these as possible. So uh, somebody emailed us and sent this question in, and I think this is a really good question. I think it's a timely question for what we're going through now. They said, how do we help support Christian friends when they're in seasons of depression? I think that is um, such a great question, and I think that's so applicable to what maybe a lot of people um, are facing right now with, with COVID, staying at home, maybe losing their jobs. Not, re- not not being able to see friends and family to the fullest capacity. How do we help and come along people when they're in seasons of depression? Yeah, and like you said, this this is a, a difficult season for that where um, mental health, I think, in our country has been on the rise. I, I think that a little bit it's been become kind of a, a buzzword of I'm depressed or I'm anxious and you're not that. You have feelings sometimes of feeling anxious and feelings of being depressed, but that's not who you are. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that we've had a, a rise of mental health issues, and I think the season has exposed a lot of that, which actually isn't a bad thing. Can I just say that to people? If if your anxiety and depression has been really exposed and is worse than ever in this season, take that as a blessing from God. That's not a curse of God. This That's the grace of God of exposing something like, hey, this is a, the real difficult times always bring out in us what's been buried inside of yeah. us, right? Yeah. And so that's real. So you're in this season. You're like, I'm the worst version of myself. Well, that, that was inside, but God is giving you an opportunity to expose those kind of things. And so this is like your opportunity of like, never again, I'm going to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Um so I'll just say, like, maybe you're not struggling with that, but you have a friend who's struggling with it. And and I think that I, I've learned over that. I think that, you know, I, I'm someone who's just a fixer. Does your wife ever get mad at you when she tells you a problem? And Yeah, she just wants me to listen, but yeah. I'm like, there's a clear solution. Yeah, here's, here's <laughs> if you do this, you will not feel <laughs> yes. this. It's like, just listen. You've known me for 10 years. Just listen. Um, and... You know, I, I think it's the same thing with this, where you you have to sit with somebody and just listen and validate. Mm-hmm. There's something about if you come to me and you're saying, bro, I'm really struggling and I feel so anxious, so depressed. If I'm like, well, bro, you just stop. Yeah. You're better than that. Jesus says, cast all your anxiety upon <laughs> the Lord because he cares for you. Like you're, 
No, but because, because there's something deeply rooted inside that what you want from me is for me to, to sit with you, validate you, encourage you, and just be a friend to you. And um, I think that that's our job. Don't take it upon yourself to free yourself from being the one who has to fix your friend's mental health issue. Yeah. You're a friend, and friends sit with you yeah. and validate you and encourage you and, and challenge you in, in certain times. Yeah, I think— the book of Job is such a good example of this. Um, Job was one of the wealthiest men in the world, had a bunch of kids, land, cattle, and basically all of it got taken from him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had a group of friends come with great intentions, but horrible execution. And basically they sat with him, they listened to him. And then over time, they started to try to offer their opinions on why he was feeling this way, mm-hmm. why why this happened Job, you had to have done X, Y, and Z to get this result in your life. And he's like, no, I I didn't. And the story affirms that Job's actually right. Like he didn't do what his friends were saying mm-hmm. that he did. Um, and so I, the whole point of that book is, is kind of answers, one, the question, why do bad things happen to good people? That's mm-hmm. that's kind of the one of the main things. And then two, it shows us what do we do when people are going through hard times? And it, it, it's encouraging us that we are, we're available to our friends. Yeah. We're consistent with our friends. Don't don't be in somebody's life that's going through a, a hard time if you're not going to be there throughout the duration of it, because um, that can that can hurt. Yeah. You know, if make you feel like your problems are too much for your friend to carry. So be available, be consistent, and then just be encouraging. And like you said, you don't have to be fake and be like. Well, if you're casting your cares on the Lord, then you shouldn't be feeling like mm. this. But but you can just encourage me, like, listen, what you're going through is real, um, but you're going to come out of it. Yeah. You know, they, I, I don't know how long it's going to last, and I'll be here until you're better. I'll help. I'll be a sounding board. I'll listen. Mm. I'll do whatever I can do to help you. I can't fix you, but I'll, I'll do whatever I can, whatever you yeah. need me to. But you'll come out of this, mm. and you'll be better for it. Yeah, so. and I, I think that you have to hear from the Lord when, when you're— in consistency with a friend like this, like there's sometimes where I'm talking with a friend where I feel like, man, I just need to sit with them right now. And that's usually the first stage of it. But then they keep coming to you with the same thing, same thing. And sometimes the Lord just kind of downloads to you some thoughts in there of like, I'm going to speak almost a prophetic word over you. Of like, I feel like it's God's, it's time for you to, to rise up. Right. You know, so, yeah. so I think just trusting the the Holy spirit in that of, of how do I respond in this moment? God is, do they need encouraging? Do they need strength? Do they need to be challenged? Do they need scripture? Yeah. Um, I think that's the best way we can sit with people because that's what we would want. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, here's a question that, that sort of in the same sphere a little bit. And I, this is a, this is a question that for sure um, we can't even come close to do justice right. answering right now. Um, I think we can give our thoughts and encourage whoever asked this, um, to dive deeper, but the question was sent in, how do I let go of control in my life when I have things that are rooted in trauma? Mm-hmm. So how do I let go of control um, when maybe there's been things that are done to me that aren't my fault, mm-hmm. but have caused trauma in my life that I'm now having to deal with and walk through? Yeah. Well, I feel like this person asked this question because they somehow know that this is my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> because this is something that um, you know, just about a, two years ago that I walked through for a couple of years of answering this question. And I, I, I sought, sought out a counselor for a while. There was, there was for a while, I was seeing the same guy three days a week 
Yeah. That's how uh, troubled I was in my soul. And we talked a lot about trauma because I had had some stuff that had happened throughout my life and some inflicted by me, some inflicted upon me. Yeah. But but either way, it was a level of trauma. And here's what I learned about, about that, and I think this is really important if, if you find yourself resonating with this question, is that when you have a moment of trauma that hits, say you're 10 years old and something happens, that's a traumatic thing, um, and it, it could be something happened to you, some kind of abuse, physical, emotional, sexual abuse, something happened to you that you couldn't control. Well, when you have a moment of trauma, what happens, there's a couple of things that happen, but there's a message that's sent to you. So a message gets sent to you in that moment that you, when you were abused of you're weak, this is how you deserve to be treated, you're not worthy. And then when a message is sent, you make a vow. And that vow is, I'm never going to let this thing happen again. No one will ever treat me like this. I'm never going to let anybody come close to me. And so our vow becomes our guardian. And we put that between us and people as a way to control every relationship because I don't want to experience the trauma that I experienced in my life. And to make sure that never happens, I have vowed to this. And that becomes our guardian. And so then we begin to control every relationship and at the first sign of a relationship uh, turning the wrong way or being negative or they say something that reminds you of you run as fast and as far as you can and you almost become a shell of of who you are and so all that to say that you have to allow yourself as I did to go back to the root of the trauma and begin to speak out loud. What was the message that was sent? What vow did I make? And so that's what I encourage people all the time of, hey, go back to that mm-hmm. and try to figure out what, what message was sent to you that day. What vow did you make? And how has that vow been your guardian to protect you from any kind of harm that might ever come your way? You know. Yeah. I think when you become a Christian, Jesus saves you. Um, and I think a lot of times we we misunderstand the totality of that word. We think save as We've escaped something, mm-hmm. um, but salvation it also has a context of being made completely whole. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you experience trauma, not only does Jesus save your soul in the sense of um, you escape the punishment you deserve that mm-hmm. Jesus put on Himself, um, but now Jesus is going to walk you through a process of making you a whole person in Him. And like you said, sometimes. I don't want to say every time, but I, w- I would almost bet my house that Jesus won't let you live your life, a shell of yourself, broken. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to make you and encourage you in the most loving way, not to hurt you, not to bring up things to, to embarrass you, but because he wants you healed and whole, he's going to walk you uh, into salvation, quote unquote, so to say, into wholeness by by revisiting that and healing from it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and, and healing hurts. Yeah. You know? And I think that's why we we want healing, but we don't want to go through the process of healing. Mm-hmm. Because usually when you open up that, that wound or you take off that Band-Aid, a lot of times it gets worse before it gets better. I remember my first few weeks of, of therapy, I was like, I'm, I'm never going to be able to get through this because you expose so much more and so much more. So... I would encourage you. I'm 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 pro counseling. A counselor can't save you. A counselor is not your healer. 
but a counselor can help open up your soul and help you understand a lot of things and why you operate the way you do so that Jesus can start to do some some new work. So yeah. um, I, I would encourage you, if, if you find yourself in that place that you can't figure out on your own or with relation friends around you or a pastor, um, and seek some help. And I know it costs money, but it's it's your life. Yeah. It's your life. The only one you get. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's an investment, um, but you will get a return on your investment. That will help you be a, a better wife, a better husband, a better father, a mother, a better leader. Um, so it's it's worth it's worth the investment. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so we had a lot of questions sent in, and um, we want to be respectful of everybody's time. We don't want you to sit here and listen to us for four hours. But I know um, you want to, though. You deep down you want to, but yeah. we're gonna keep you coming back for more. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I want to do. Oh my gosh! Sorry, was that bad timing? I set him up for that. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna do two more questions before before we sign out of this one. Um, I think this is something that a lot of people can relate to. Mm-hmm. This is why we picked this question, um, especially right now with COVID and everything. We had somebody in the YA family send this in over Instagram. They said, "How can I see God's plan for my life in this season when all of my plans have been delayed? Mm-hmm. How do I see God's plan for my life in this season come through when not only my plans, but everything in the world has been put on pause for a minute. Yeah, I, I think that we like to correlate this season that kind of feels like our life is on pause as God must be on pause too. And God is not on pause. No, not at all. God, the Bible says that the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing, that even in this season that that God's kingdom is forcefully advancing and he is like, vigorously trying to um, engage with you and push you in this next season of life. And and I would say to someone where you feel like all your plans have been delayed, maybe they haven't been delayed at all. Maybe this is exactly what God has wanted for you. I know your picture of your life looks different, but God's doesn't. And I've had to wrestle with this as well. I'm like, man, all right, how many times have, have you said, I've said it in my home of when this is all over, yeah, God's yeah. going to. Yeah. And I want to try to get rid of that verbiage because God is in the details right now in in a major, major way. So God's plans are not delayed. Yeah, big time. I think that if if you feel like you're being delayed, you're you're in good company. Look at everybody that's done something major for Jesus in, in the Bible. They've not only experienced months of delay, but some 30 years right. of delay uh, of God preparing them. And so... I know that not only is is can it feel like God's plans for you are on pause, it can feel like the world's on pause, but God does some great work mm. in, in the pause. He does some great work during the delay. And so my encouragement for you would be, if you feel like what God was calling you to do has been put on pause, let God do some work yeah. in, in this in this time. Mm. Like dig into your word like never before. Um you know, pray like you've never prayed before. Right. Set up doors to be open in your future through prayer. Let let God, kind of like what we were saying on the last question, maybe there needs to be some work done in your heart, some places that you haven't healed from yet. Um, a pause isn't a waste. And I think we live in such a quick-paced culture with instant gratification. You see something online, you buy it right then and there, that we think God works that way. 
Um, mm. But God, God can do some great work yeah. in the pause when we exhale and have time to process and think. Yeah. And yeah, a season of waiting doesn't have to be a season of wandering. No, where we're like, good. I'm just waiting, and so I'm just gonna wander around until God's ready. No, God is fully ready to engage you and speak to you and challenge you um, and to grow something in you in this season that would not have happened if we were not in our current state. Yeah. God God did not cause COVID in any way, shape, or form. But even in the darkest moments of life, God can bring good out of it. Yeah, amen. Um, so I, I want to wrap up this podcast with a question. Um, I thought this was a, a good way to end, but also if this is something that's been on a lot of people's mind, I think this is something that needs to be answered. We had somebody email in, and they, they asked this simple question. They said, can I be sure that mm. I'm saved? Can I have confidence that I am, <clears throat> excuse me, that I am saved, I'm a Christian, that, that I'm good to go? Wow. What are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm passionate about this because yeah. without a shadow of a doubt, yes, you absolutely can be sure that you're saved. Um, and the way is by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible says, um, for all have fallen short. And I think that's what causes this question, is we're aware of how much we've fallen short. Right. And the Bible says that when we fall short, God is so holy that the penalty for falling short is actually death. But it takes it a step further and says, not only is it death, it was prophesied that cursed is the man who hangs on a tree, Pro- prophesying that Jesus would hang on a tree and that he would actually be cursed. And so that word cursed, it's more than just bad. It's it's this culmination of evil and darkness put on somebody. And so the good news of salvation is this, that you have done something bad but God has done something good on mm. your behalf so he can get to know you. Jesus has paid the price for your sin, past, present, and future. And if you follow Jesus, if you put your trust in Jesus, you can have 100% assurance of your salvation. The Bible wants you to have that assurance because really that question stems from this thought of how can I know that my good outweighs my bad. Right. And that's not the gospel at all. The gospel, that's how people live every day. That's how they live every yeah. day, is that my good needs to outweigh my bad. And newsflash, your good will never outweigh your bad. Mm. But Jesus is not only good, his perfection has forever yeah. outweighed your bad. And when you put your faith in him, you can have trust that what he's done is enough for you. Yeah. No, I mean, that's that's really powerful. I, I remember that as, as a young kid, kind of growing up Bible Belt, feeling like almost every day I'd be like, Jesus, just you come back into my heart. Every Sunday morning, respond to the altar call. Oh, yeah. I talk back to my mom. I must be going to hell now. Yeah. Um, you know, but then all of a sudden, you, you start to understand the heart of God more and and that there's nothing that you have to do uh, other than put your faith and belief in Jesus Christ and, and you'll be saved. But then now it starts this this whole new journey where, where now you don't you don't do things for approval you do things from approval yeah so so now when when I I give my, my tithes and my offering it's not so that I get something from God or so that I don't lose um, salvation I do it because it's in Hebrews uh, or Romans whichever one <laughs> uh, <laughs> says it's it's your holy act of worship your pleasing act of worship so 
me fighting not to allow sin to rule in my life is not so that um, I'll lose faith or favor with God. It's because it's my holy act of worship. So if we could begin to change and shift our mindset that, that I, I do things and I live my life in obedience in accordance to God, I, I live my life to the best of my ability in a righteous manner, it's not for approval. It's from approval. And it's my holy and pleasing act of worship. Yeah, and I think this question stems from the reality of, well, I'm a Christian, but I still find myself wrestling with right. bad things. Right. Welcome to life. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the walk of being a Christian. Hebrews 10.14 says, You, because of Jesus, are perfect in God's eyes, even though you're being made holy. Yeah. And I think sometimes we think salvation as a moment, like I was saved here. Um, and that's true. You have a salvation moment, but the word salvation even expands to not only are you saved in a moment, but you are every day continually being saved. You're being saved and formed more into the image of Jesus every single day. And so if you follow Jesus, if you believe in Jesus, if you love Jesus, you will mess up, mm-hmm. but you just call on him. You ask for his forgiveness and you continue to walk. And if you mess up right before you die, <laughs> I mean, I'm not God. I'm not, but I, I don't think you got to sweat it. Um, <laughs> it. Put your faith in Jesus and you can have this assurance and this peace in your soul um, that you now get to live, like Andrew is saying, from a place of worshiping God and not working for God. Yeah, and that's, that's a huge heart shift. Yeah, it's good. And so it's good. Guys, thank you so much for sending uh, your questions to us. We had fun doing this. We thought it was really cool to see some of the stuff that was on your mind and on your heart. And so um, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. We've we've had fun. And uh, as we wrap up, Andrew, would you like to pray for everybody? Yeah, absolutely. Lord, I thank you for everybody under the sound of my voice listening, whether they're um, at their house, in their car, at the gym. Lord, I just, I believe that you spoke today and... I pray, Lord, that the things that you spoke would not return void. And God, I pray, Lord, that you, if you spoke to someone clearly today, Lord, I pray that they would take a step in the direction of whichever you called them, and that they'd be obedient to um, to what it is that you're asking them to do. And Lord, I pray for the person who's listening today who doesn't have a relationship with you. Lord, I pray that uh, that you'd begin to engage with them. Lord, I, I pray that they begin to speak to you for the first time. There's nothing they have to say. Um, perfectly. There's nothing you have to do perfectly, Lord God, to, to receive your salvation, Lord, that it's um, just their belief in you, um, that you were raised from the dead and through you is eternity in heaven, Lord, and only through you. And so Lord, I just pray, God, that you would just begin to uh, speak in ways to our, our listeners and, and maybe ways that they haven't been willing to listen before. But God, we love you. We trust you. We ask all is your name. Amen. 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 Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in, for joining and being a part of this podcast. Whatever platform you listen to this on, be sure to subscribe and to share this with a friend. Um, We love you guys so much, and we're looking forward to seeing you next week. Peace. Have a good one, guys.